Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see wedding companies making and the practical strategies that you can implement today. This month's topic is fighting a slump. And in this episode, you'll learn how to generate sales leads through the use of your marketing funnels. We are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode 27 of the Wedding Sassholes. <laughs> Every single Every time. time. Every, Every time. time. So I'm excited about this topic today because last year, our local wedding association, which is Central Florida Wedding Association, they put on a one-day education called The Summit. And one of the speakers, Margot Frazee, um, she came in and she talked specifically and presented about marketing funnels for wedding businesses. And I thought it was really interesting that... You know, we just don't traditionally look at that as the process for marketing in the wedding industry. Do you agree? No, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. And I I was there for that presentation. Yeah, like we do a lot of behaviors, right? We are all marketing in all the ways. But, you know, conceptually, when we're using the word a marketing funnel, it's thinking about how you are getting the customers through the customer journey. So from start to finish, you know, how are we getting them through that all the different steps and stages? So let's do a basic run through the stages and then we're going to dive deeper on them. Okay. So we're going to start with the customer journey and how they're going through the funnel, correct? Yeah. Okay. So first they they find you. So that's going to be part of your brand awareness. Yeah. They have to know who you are. They have to know who you are. How did they find you? The second part is going to be the engagement process. And that's about, um, are they trusting you? Are they trusting you? And then consideration. So they're going to be considering to hire you, comparing you to your competitors. Yep, they're doing their research. That's that research phase. And after the research phase, that's where we start to do the conversion phase from a lead to a client. How do we convert them from one to the other? Yeah, because they're making that actual decision. Mm -hmm. And so like it's called a funnel for a reason because you're looking at there's a lot of people from an awareness and then it should get smaller and smaller, right? Because people start to weed themselves out. Mm -hmm. all the As As you qualify them as as clients, yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I think as a small business or a wedding professional, it's important to really define your ideal client and figuring out where they're at. And so let me explain. Um, you know, most of what we do is at my company is we're trying to find couples that haven't yet found a wedding venue, right? And so I need to be in the places that couples are looking and searching. And that is where we invest our energy as a company. So we really work on ranking on Google because we know they're searching there. We attend every single wedding show in our market because we know there's a lot of couples coming to shows without that. And we're really active on social media platforms um, because those are the three areas that our ideal client that I know I can funnel them from, hey, I need I need a venue, right? And I want them to find us as one of the options, then interact with them, have them use our platform you know, all the way through. So I'm excited today because I think that when you're in a slump and 
you know, when you're slumping, like Vanessa and I have been talking about, and now I'm getting all of these emails from experts. I don't know if you're on as many email lists as I am, but I'm getting all these emails from experts of them being like, are your leads slowing down? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like, if the the people at the very top are hearing about it, then you know, the people at the bottom, not that we're at the bottom, but you know what I mean? Like the vendors themselves, not just national speakers, but the vendors themselves, they're definitely feeling it. If the top people are feeling it, then all of us are also feeling it. Yeah. I mean, and I think we hear the needs very often of the companies and figure out how to help you get through them. So today, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about generating leads, but specifically funneling them through. So let's dive into the very first step in the journey, which is building brand awareness. Building brand awareness. So this, I know that once you're in a slump, that there is going to be budgeting things that you have to revamp. I get that. But this is not the time to quit your marketing and quit your ads. This is a time to double up on those things. Because if you are getting out in front of more clients by doing social media ads and doing social media posts, you're more likely to book more people. Does that make sense? So I wouldn't say ever cut back on your marketing when you're in a slump. I would say put more into it actually. So I would suggest starting with your social media posts, social media ads, look at your open houses, my personal favorites, look at your open houses that are coming up, make sure that you have a booth at those, make sure you have a booth at your local wedding shows, really get out there and put your name out there. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. I'm, what did we call me? The cake, cake skank? Skank, whore, I've called you all the things at this (laughs) point. The cake skank? If, if I'm hitting a slump, I am skanking out. I am making sure everybody knows who we are. We are at every event. This is the time to do that during that slump. Look at your online directories. Have you updated your listings? Are you staying top of mind of people? And then also look at different ways that you can do sponsorships for open houses or an upcoming event. Sponsor more events to do more of that brand awareness. So that would be my personal, you know, four main ones that I would suggest doing for brand awareness. I think too, when it comes to brand awareness, it's also getting creative and thinking outside the box. Like you assume that, you know, just posting on your social media. Okay. Yeah. We hope that hashtags and reels reach new people, but I need you to think outside of what you've been doing. If you're trying to like generate new leads through the funnel. So meaning go find those Facebook groups and start posting Mm -hmm. in those, you know, if you're in a slump, I want you to spend the time you know, actually engaging in other people's social. I'm not talking about the couples. I'm talking about like other people in the industry starting to use the app in, you know, the apps in a very different way so that they're starting to see your name all the time. But brand awareness is about, you know, getting your name out there. I remember, I won't say who it is because I think she listens to the podcast, but I remember one of um, the photographers in Central Florida came out to a networking event a few months ago and somebody looked right at her and in my earshot was like, oh God, I thought you went out of business during COVID. And the look on her face of like, and I'm like, It's just the brand awareness isn't there. The B2B side of the world, you know, we're not always scrolling social. Right. We're not not looking at each other. When I get a chance to scroll social, I'm scrolling the fun shit that is not wedding vendor posts. It's my personal accounts. I know that we have said this before and I don't know what podcast it was, but if you go under Instagram and you do your favorites, your favorite venues, your favorite vendors to work with, you work with, you favorite them, Go in a couple of times a week and just hit on the top left-hand corner where it says Instagram. You can click that. 
it'll drop down and say favorites. And that'll just show you your favorites in your newsfeed and go in there and like and comment. Make sure you comment, comment on their posts. It gives them more engagement on their posts. So it's pushed out to more people, but it also shows them that you're engaging with them and you're pushing their stuff. Not only that, all the couples that follow them and that are reading their posts are Mm -hmm. seeing your name in their comments. Right. And that's, that's the big part of, and I know we've talked about this before also, any posts you are posting, make sure you are tagging all of the vendors that were included in that day. I couldn't tell you how many times I asked somebody, how did you hear about us? Oh, well, you were tagged in so-and-so's post, or we saw you on their tagged photos. Like they found us through the tags. So make sure you're tagged every event, every photo, every reel, every whatever. Tag all the vendors that were included in that day and make sure you're engaging with all of them in the comment section and you're liking all their stuff. Yeah, so brand awareness is about really focusing on getting more people to see your brand. And like Vanessa was saying, that's getting directly in front of couples. And sometimes, you know, we're about to, it's summertime in Central Florida, we're going into our slower season. And there's a always a huge wedding show in our market in August. And in talking to the wedding show producer, you know, there's, she said, you know, people are having a hard time. They're like, it's slow. I'm not getting enough leads. And my brain's like, if you're not getting enough leads, you sign up for the show. Like there's mm-hmm. no A equals B. If you mm-hmm. need, if you need A, then a show, the show is a place, talk about brand awareness. They are flat out there planning a wedding. Looking so, for vendors looking for their for wedding. vendors for their <laughs> wedding. So um, okay, so after brand awareness, the next step is engagement. This is the stage of the funnel where you are, you know, getting them and you're building trust. So they've already found you on Instagram. How are you then continuing to engage with them? Mm-hmm. Blogging. Blogging is a big one. Not only will that help with your SEO, but it's showing that you are a resource and that you're active. So make sure that you're blogging not only on your own website, but maybe do guest blogs on other websites. Other directories are always looking for content that gets you out in front of a new audience, right? Um, Do some how-to articles so you're more of a resource. I would say up your video presence. Video is so big right now. Like so big. People aren't, yeah, people aren't reading. uh, I hate to say it, but they're not reading the long blogs. If you have a video on the blog, that's what they're looking for. Do behind the scenes, do a comparison of this or that. If you're a florist, show a cascade florist, a cascade florist, a cascade bouquet versus like a round um, one, the, the round one. Yeah. Like do a this or that, like just do fun things like that to get them interactive. For sure. I would say following them on social media, follow the couples on social media, interact with them and their engagement or their planning process, or they got a new puppy, like whatever. It's showing that you care about them. It's also showing that you are personable because people hire people, they don't hire businesses. So make sure you're interacting with that. Um, And I would say, make sure your SEO is, is like on point. Your website optimization, think of Google phrases that people type in to find your wedding category whatever that that would be, you know, bakery near me or DJ that services Orlando, wedding photographer, Orlando, you know, things like that. Think of those phrases and look at your SEO. If you need to hire someone to do it, then so be it, guys. This is not the time to cut back on your marketing and really getting in front of those, those brides, those brides and grooms and couples and all of that. You really need to step it up a bit. I know that if you're in a slump, you don't have the budget, but 
it's one of those things that takes money to make money kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, and so, you know, you've done all this work to build awareness and for them to find you in different ways. And so now they've found you and maybe on social media, maybe they click through over to your website and, you know, they checked it out a little bit, but they're not ready to like fill out the form and book the call. So making sure, like you said, that you're positioning yourself and really focusing on your why, focusing on why they should hire you, showcasing your reviews everywhere, I think is a really important piece when it comes to, you know, it seems like from an engagement standpoint, but we're trying to build trust here. So you get those reviews. How are you reusing them? Where are you putting them? Are you posting them in stories? Have a highlight called reviews? Are you posting one review a week that you get to your um you know, directly to your feed on Instagram and over like making a quote block. Let me just one tip with that. Can you please not put the whole review? Pick the best one sentence out of it to put on that quote block. You can put the whole review over in the caption if you want to. But, you know, positioning that and then taking those reviews and putting them over on your website. I think all of those pieces are you just you have to focus on in this stage really why they should be hiring you. What makes you different? What makes you unique? I saw some great um, venue websites that, you know, they'll have a beautiful picture of the couple, you know, on the stone bridge out in the middle of the golf course. And then next to that photo is a quote from a review saying this venue is the best for the most epic, you know, the most epic portraits with the sun setting behind you and the natural features. And that's right next to a picture of them out and in that moment and opportunity. So you have to build that trust to move them through the funnel. If they just find you on social and follow you and they're not engaging in content, watching your stories, none of that, you're not doing a good job of building that trust. Agreed, friend. Agreed. Okay. Next part. Yep. So we've built brand awareness. We've been engaging with them. Now they're starting to actually make moves towards contacting and contacting you. Mm -hmm. By this time, they've probably already looked at a few different vendors. So if they're contacting you, they are interested in your services. So look at your main landing page on your website. Is it just a bunch of photos? Is it a contact form? Is it information with pricing? Um, most of the couples that are reaching out to you, they're interested in your services, but maybe they just want a quote. They just want to know, hey, we're starting to plan our budget. I just didn't know like a rough estimate. I don't see exact pricing on your website. Can I get a quote? So make sure there's some form somewhere on there that they can get a quick estimate. Don't ask them a million fucking questions. Keep it simple, stupid. Ask them for the bare minimum amount of questions that you need to get something in their hands. You know, date, contact information, you know, if you need a guest count, fine, but don't ask them a million questions of what their color scheme is, how many bridesmaids, like, come on. Let's no, so simple. let's talk, I want to talk a little more specific on landing pages, because I think this is an epic fail of the wedding industry. Well, you do website audits, so you would be yeah. perfect to talk about this. I think that the hardest piece when you're doing all of this work on all these other platforms is what I see. And this is not 
I mean, big company marketing. And, you know, I try to stay ahead of all the things. The wedding industry, we are very far behind when it comes to marketing in general. So I like, and it's because we're small businesses and we're all freaking busy and we're not full-time marketing managers and agencies. We can't afford them. But one of the things I see, even when it comes to like running an ad, they'll run an ad that then goes to their homepage on their website. And if you've warmed them up in that way, you know, First of all, it's really hard to track. Maybe you're tracking it through a pixel, through Facebook, you know, and the Google pixel. Maybe you're tracking it that way. But I think when you've warmed people up through the ad process or they've already engaged in your content and they're seeing you and it's not like a cold click, right? Maybe they've never seen your name. If you're running ads towards lookalike audiences or people who've been to your website before, that landing page needs to be like a tiny mini website. Like you've seen this before, right? Like you've seen what I'm talking about. When you click on an ad and it gets to a space where it's one page, there's no navigation bar, there's one page and there's multiple buttons throughout and all of them are different calls to action, but they do the same thing. There's a form at the bottom, you know, there's whatever, but... It's giving, rather than making them dig through, when you've driven them from a social media platform or from an ad over, think through what is the very specific information that if someone has come over from this platform over to the site, like that I want to get them to. And if you don't want to build out landing pages and the definition of it, like its own page, the one thing I do want you to do is if you're use, utilizing Instagram with like a link in bio and you have multiple options in there, I want you to send them to more than just your homepage. I want you to send them to maybe they're looking through Vanessa Sweet Miss V stuff on Instagram. And like one of those links in her link in bio can be about like flavors and fillings. Like mm-hmm. so that it's like I can just learn If I want to, if I'm more concerned about what flavors does she have, I don't want to, the less clicks, the better. And so when they're in that consideration phase, you know, you ideally have a services page or pricing packages, something like that on your site, your link in bio over in social platforms and whatever, whatever you're using for, it should be multiple links. It should never just go to your homepage. Because different people are at different stages, right? A hot lead who's been following you, engaging, watching all your videos, Vanessa's been talking, that person is like ready to go to an estimate, you know, or to like fill out a contact form. But others might be a little bit cooler and they're just like, well, let me click through, check this out. So make sure you're driving them to the specific pages and you're highly focused on your why. Because when they're considering you, If you haven't differentiated, they're researching, right? They've hot listed you down to three or four. They're checking out other companies. They're trying to figure out, do you, does what you do or the service you provide and the way you do it meet their need? And their pain point. Yeah. If you don't touch on that, like I know specifically that couples searching for a wedding venue struggle to be able to narrow down all the choices because most sites don't allow them to narrow by criteria. Whereas on our site, they can really get specific if they need a venue where their dog can come, they can choose pet friendly as a sort option and it will let them see what venues are pet friendly. So, you know, I know what are the pain points in terms of getting people there. So I just want you to really think through that. Where are you driving them? What is the information they're finding there? 
And then my other secret tip is, and I've tested this a few times with a few vendors, is to drop contact forms on the bottom of a bunch of pages. So meaning go to your homepage. And if your homepage has a lot of good info in it and they're working their way down and it's got some buttons, but they're reading through it and they get to the bottom of that page and they're like, where am I supposed to go now? Drop Mm -hmm. a contact form there. Like if you have a page about flavors or about like, here's the DJ services and our packages and pricing, rather than making them click over to another page, because we're using mobile, right? Like every time I click something on mobile, sometimes I got to go back or it doesn't load right. So just drop the form at the bottom and see, like we did this on a vendor that I coach with site. We added three more contact forms outside of the contact page and each one with the subject line, it came over we changed the subject line in the email as it came over. So it said something different. So we could see where the forms were coming from. And she was amazed that they were filling out the the forms look almost identical. We didn't change much on them, but it was amazing to see that they were, they were on the cake flavor page. And then all of a sudden they get to the bottom and they're filling out the form. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So think through when you're in that, when they're in that consideration, you're trying to funnel them to get them to do what you want them to do with, which ultimately is to fill out some kind of contact form. So remove any, uh, any of the obstacles in their way. Yes. Next is going to be conversion, also known as conversion. (laughs) I like it when she gets fancy on those guys. She gets all fancy. we've, We've gone through building the brand awareness into the engagement, into consideration. And now we're going to go into conversion. This is where we are going to convert them from a hot lead into a potential client. Let's get them booked, people. So this is where we're going to start doing, sending more information that the clients are specifically asking for. Don't send them every package that you have available if you know they're interested in this specific one or their guest count doesn't meet the other needs or their venue doesn't include things that are in your package you know they don't allow. Don't send them a package on um, chandelier, candelabra, flame candles if you know the venue doesn't offer any type of open flame. Like, come on, be smart about it. So send them information that they're asking for. Send them as much information as you can without being too much. And be a resource. Always be a resource. Ask them about if they need vendors. Ask them, um, provide value with some of your support have a guide. I mean, some people have a wedding planning guide that they send to these people. I personally don't have one. I'm sorry. I do send them little tidbits though on how to plan for cake, but I don't have it for like everything. Um, But I would say send them the valuable information, send them an estimate, send them any follow-up questions, frequently asked questions, things like that so that they can make a decision. And then also you can tie in there some previous client testimonials is always good. But we already said about reviews. So this is another place you can put some reviews in there. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you've got to the point where they're considering you or they're looking online. The ultimate conversion is to complete the form. And so those forms have to be, as Vanessa already said, as simple as possible. Um, you know, we've, you're one of our upcoming episodes, which you're going to love. We are, we interviewed with Alan Berg. And one of the things he said was really interesting is that only have enough questions on the form to be able to move the conversation forward. 
And sometimes on that conversion form, you guys are over asking way too many things and too many details and too much information that the only next conversation is straight up like how much does it cost? And there's no conversation and rapport in any of that building. So make sure it's easy to convert. You know, if your ultimate goal is to get people to an appointment, well, everyone might not be ready. Some people might be ready. So put an online appointment booker on your site, like make it so easy for them to take the next steps. Don't hide the contact form. Your footer of your website should 100% have your phone number and your email address in it. Somehow, I don't know who started doing it, but we are trained. We are trained to scroll to the bottom and assume that the footer is going to have that contact info and that it would be on the contact page. So put the information out there. Moms like to talk on the phone. They like to pick up the phone and call. They don't want to send 600 emails back and forth. They want to just talk to you, but they can't convert if they get to your site and there's no phone number there. And finish everything off with questions. So when you send out this information and your email with a question so that they are more interactive and they're more likely to respond. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the goal is to start the conversation. And that's what the conversion looks like. When we're talking about moving them through the funnel, you don't want to do all this work to build awareness and engagement and consideration. And then they get to your site, and they're reading through the things. And they're like, how am I supposed to contact them? Like, or they're a phone talker. And they're like, this is great. I would love to book an appointment. And the only thing there is to fill out is a form with 9 million questions, which are the same questions you would have asked in an appointment. Right. So, yeah, make it so easy for them to find whatever choice they want to take. If they want to text you, like have that opportunity with your phone number, say call or text, like give them both, give them all the options to make it as easy as humanly possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's what, like, when Margo was sharing at, um, you know, at the Central Florida Wedding Association Summit. You know, in my world, leads who pay us are vendors. So I sat down and I said to myself, okay, if I am looking for more venues to join as a member, what are the thing? what are the very specific funnels that I could build to get the venues to get in front of them and start having the conversation. So we said, well, engagement season's coming. We could build out a series for engagement season. We can host a webinar with tips for engagement season. Like we did an, like an email challenge, like an eight, eight week, you know, get road to ready, you know, how to get all your marketing ready for engagement season you know, had venues sign up. Again, it's the funnel. The venues who are like, I don't know, I don't want to talk to them about salesy stuff and about joining. I built a funnel. I said, how do we get them to, what are the little steps I can take them to convert with the ultimate goal at the end to say, hey, like we want to sell something to you. If you're interested, we're here. But you know, so look at it, look at those options, look at Instagram as a funnel, specifically each platform that you're using. How do you funnel people from a wedding show? What are the steps you can take to, okay, they met you, they saw you at the show, that's your brand awareness there. But now how are you engaging instead of just saying, do you want to book an appointment? You want to book an appointment? You want to book an appointment? Maybe one of the engagement steps is just, hey, like, I know you haven't booked your venue yet. So why don't you just follow us on Instagram? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a low request. You know, you're not trying to push for something that they're not ready for. And like always, I always would suggest with anything is run somebody through your funnel process, be it another wedding vendor that you know, or somebody who's not in the wedding industry at all. 
have them go through the funnel and tell you where there's some hiccups or where the ball is being dropped so you can revisit that location of the funnel and try to work on that. Well, we like to end every single episode giving you some swag, that shit we all get. Three action items to add to your to-do list for the week. Shannon? All right, I'm going to start it up. So the very first thing I want you to do is actually sit down and draw out a funnel. I want you to pick one place that you are investing time, energy, or money into marketing. And I want you to look at what are the steps and stages as they work from awareness to engagement to consideration to conversion. What are the exact steps? What are the resources we provide? What's the conversations? How are we staying in touch with them? I want you to actually draw it out and write it out for at least one. You don't have to do all of them. I know you're not going to do it, but at least sit down and draw it out for just one of your marketing. Like show me the funnel. Action item number two, I'm going to say revisit your different social media platforms and look at your link in bio and make sure that it's not just going to your homepage. Do it where it's divided up amongst the multiple pages, depending on what they're looking for, services, pricing, your gallery, things like that. Because sometimes if you just want to flip through a book and see what you have to offer instead of just going straight to services. So look at, take a look at your link in bio and then make sure that your ad to add your contact form on the bottom of each of those pages, according to whatever that page is. I love it. Number three, the, I think more than anything when it comes to getting better leads through your funnel is going to be the pricing conversation. When you are posting on social media, on stories, when you're doing email blasts or you're at wedding shows or whatever, I just want price transparency to be something that you agree with me and Vanessa that like you have to do it. It's 2023. I've said this a thousand times in life. So if you've heard it in person, I'm sorry, but I'm a foodie. I love to eat. I'll pay stupid money for a good meal. But mm -hmm. I'm never going to go to a restaurant that when I look online and I look at their menu, there's no prices there. Because my assumption when there's no pricing is that you're charging 40 bucks for chicken parm and I'm not willing to pay that. So no pricing usually means is assumption that it's expensive or it's outside my budget. So think price transparency first. When you start to do that, you'll be amazed that the, your conversions will increase. But not only will your conversions increase, it'll be better quality clientele. So talk about it in your social media posts. Talk about it on your website. Talk about it everywhere that you're funneling people through. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we made you laugh, Follow, subscribe, and hit share and send it to one friend who might be in a slump. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. This month, we're still talking about fighting a slump. And next week, we are diving into simple tips to book more appointments. Now go and make epic shit happen and get yourself out of that hole. 